Hello and welcome to Talk of the Town. This show is a collaboration between the City of Winter Park, the Winter Park Chamber of Commerce, and Rollins College, and each show provides useful information and a transparent look into the happenings in Winter Park. I'm Sam Stark, Vice President here at Rollins College, and I'm pleased to serve as the host of the show. With me today is Betsy Gardner Eckbert, President and CEO of the Winter Park Chamber of Commerce. Normally with us is Winter Park Mayor Phil Anderson, but he unfortunately is not able to join us, but we are going to carry on without him. I'm sure he's listening in, and uh, we'll look forward to having him back with us next month. As a reminder, we're here the third Wednesday of each month, and Rollins Around Town, normally aired uh, on this Wednesday, will not be aired, uh, and Talk of the Town will take its place instead. So, Betsy, great to be here with you. How's it going? Good morning. Thanks for having me this morning. It's going great. This is the most wonderful time of the year for a lot of people, and that's certainly the case here in Winter Park. We just finished uh, our Christmas parade, our winter on the avenue, um, you know, music in the park with the Morse Museum windows. It's a really special time to be in Winter Park. It really is. Um, it's a quick follow-up to our last show and our last guest, who was uh, Sabrina uh, from the Winter Park Public Library. But that uh, uh, venue has opened. The, uh, the Winter Park uh, Civic Center and Library is open, and the grand openings have just taken place. And I know you've been there. I saw you there. And uh, it's pretty spectacular, wouldn't you say? So I think it's positioning Winter Park on the global stage. Uh, yet again, with respect to culture, many people know that we've already taken a rightful place on the global stage with respect to art and culture, not least because of the museum collections that are housed here at the Morse Museum of American Art, uh, the sculptures at the Alban Palaszczuk uh, Sculpture Garden. Um, there are too many cultural outlets really to name here in the amount of time, Sam, I'm sure you want me to wrap this <laughs> up in. But, you know, we've got the Bach Festival doing world-class music. And so I think it's wonderful that we can now add architecture to our quiver of cultural weapons here, that we can lure people into Winter Park uh, to visit, to live, to work, to play, to become educated. It just enhances the entire experience. Yes, for sure. Well, we in invite and encourage any uh, Central Florida residents who are uh, tuning in uh, to go and check it out because uh, it's a fantastic uh, venue and, uh, as you mentioned, is a great addition to the whole Winter Park uh, arts and culture and architectural and, and social scene. Um, we're going to talk a lot today about the arts and culture here in Winter Park. I, you know, it's not called the City of Arts and Culture for nothing, and uh, we're going to kind of do a little bit of, of a deep dive. We have two special guests who are with us and um, one of them if you're um, tuning into the uh, to, to this show on Wednesday mornings you you know uh, Carol Hanley Goggin. Carol is a Rollins alumnus and also is a, a member of our board of trustees. She also happens to be a, uh, a state governor uh, DeSantis appointed member of the Florida Council on Arts and Culture. So Carol Welcome back. Always good to have you here. Morning, Sam. It's a pleasure to be here, especially this time of year here in Winter Park. What a fabulous time to be celebrating and enjoying family and arts and culture. Downtown, if you haven't gone downtown in the evening, wow. Yes. The lights are sparkly. Yeah, I'm a Northeasterner. There's no snow here, but there doesn't need to be when you have downtown Winter Park. For sure. Well, Mayor Anderson will be thrilled that you did mention the, the lights because that uh, is a 
uh, a city-led and community-led initiative that uh, Park Avenue and the Central Business District looks looks amazing. Um, also with us is Anne Marie Cooper. Anne Marie is um, the the chamber uh, chamber's new government relations director and uh, an awesome addition to our community, uh, specifically for the chamber and uh, and and our membership. So Anne Marie, welcome and thanks for being here. Thank you, Sam. Good morning. I'm so excited to be here. I. I'm new to the Winter Park Chamber, but I feel like the red carpet has been rolled out, I want to say in my honor, I'm not sure if that's true, but between the beautiful Christmas lights and the holiday festivities, it's it's been a very warm welcome. Well, we are excited to have you. Can you give us sort of your quick story? I mean... Sure. Um, I have a very long history in government affairs. Most of it is in Washington, D.C. at the federal level. I have spent time in the southeast. I was headquartered in Nashville for a number of years working in the healthcare industry um, at the state and federal level. I spent a good bit of time with the Tennessee Valley Authority in their Washington, D.C. office working on energy policy and federal budget issues. Uh, I'm actually a mom of three crazy boys that they consume a lot of my time, um, and, and we play a little bit of Winter Park Babe Ruth baseball. So we spend you know, a good fair of our a good amount of t- our time here in, in Winter Park, but um, I'm excited to be joining the Chamber and working on behalf of the business community here. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of exciting issues ahead. Indeed. Well, welcome and uh, congrats, and we're just delighted to have you. So let's talk about it. Um, I think maybe we'll start with, I mean, maybe everybody can just share a little bit, any perspectives and just sort of appreciations really for arts and culture here in Winter Park, because Betsy started to, to sort of, you know, share a little bit about um, about the scene, it's so rich and it's so impressive and it's so prestigious, particularly for a little community of 28,000 people. Yeah, and, and when we started thinking about what position the chamber could take that was context-specific to Winter Park, I think you know there's lots of different uh, government advocacy positions we could take as a chamber of commerce, and all chambers of commerce do. But we wanted to make sure that we were advocating for things that really mattered and sat at the heart of the Winter Park experience. And we began this initiative to advocate for arts funding. This is our fourth year that we've been doing this. And this really aligned with the 2016 visioning process that that elevated arts and culture to one of the priority issues for the city of Winter Park. And so it got our attention as a priority issue But we started working with um, the Division of Cultural Affairs at the state level and really measuring the business impact of uh, arts activities and, and sort of started to understand how we could play a role as a business advocacy group, because that's our job, for something that was so richly aligned to the Winter Park experience. And so we began actually traveling to Tallahassee four years ago um, and advocating for these matching grants funding. Carol Hanley-Goggin was an early uh, supporter of this initiative and has, has risen through the ranks, is now a statewide leader in this. And so she sits on our board of directors as well. And so that's a real point of pride for us is that her talent's been recognized and her leadership's been recognized. And that's something 
that I do think is is a nice bit of pork that we've brought home to Winter Park is that influence um, in how that that money gets um, evaluated, how it gets spent. And so I'm very proud of the initiative. I'm very proud of the leaders that travel with us every year, the government affairs work that we've done to liaise with our Orange County legislative delegation that includes two champions of this, big champions, Carlos Guillermo-Smith and Ana Escamani have been way out in front on this. Um, and I have presented to the Orange County Legislative Delegation every year in advance of the session to let them know that this is a business priority for the Chamber of Commerce in Winter Park. We are going to leave the arts benefits to arts organizations. They are many, and they're clearly great for education and um you know, quality of life and all those things that the arts organizations can speak to. But we've primarily been focused on the job creation and the one to nine return on investment. We know that when $1 is invested in the arts, we get $9 in return. And we're really focused on measurable business outcomes. So this is where this aligns with, with what we're focused on. And, you know, Carol will go through in a minute, I'm sure, some of how that, that gets cut up. But I wanted to just key in on this point. In this session, there are groups in Winter Park that have already been vetted for about $400,000 of grants. If those grants are made, that will have a $4.5 million economic boost for Winter Park alone if that happens. And so it makes sense for the Chamber of Commerce to be advocating for that kind of economic development, especially when it's so context-specific for how we live here in Winter Park. Yeah, that's a great point. And the impact of it not happening is uh, is just as dramatic, and and I think you know the chamber may, maybe does with some people, maybe doesn't with others. Fully get credit for you know being the one there to to sort of pound our fists and say this is important to our community as a whole. Uh, it certainly has a business element, an economic element, but it has as importantly to many a quality of life element. So, well, and I think it was interesting the first year we went up, we've got. Uh, I would say almost all of our legislative delegation in Central Florida focused on this issue. Um, it was not on the radar of the governor's office, and it was Carol that helped us get in the governor's office and get this on on, on his radar. Um, and we've actually seen an uptick in funds allocated. Uh, there's a, a kind of a sad history with respect to the legislature's funding of these grants, and it, it really um, – at one point was about in the 60 million range and it hit a nadir in 2019 ostensibly due to the fact that school security issues rose to the top of the priority list following the Parkland shooting. Um, but that fund got rated and dropped, dropped down to about two and a half million dollars for the entire state of Florida, which put us in a position that I don't think anybody wants to see us in, which is 48 out of 50 states. So that was a humiliating yeah. blow to see us um, move that arts funding down so low on the priority list since that time. And I'm not saying it's because of us, but there's an interesting correlation in the graph of the, the money coming up um, in funding. Last year, we were up at the $26 million range. So we're not where we were in our, our kind of flying high in 2015, but we're making progress back there. And we know that that's good for Florida's um, economy as it builds back up after COVID especially. So Carol, talk a little bit about um, you know what the Florida Council on Arts and Culture does and um – know, sort of even some of your observations, because you've only been, what's it, been a year? A little over a year. A little over a year. So I've gone through one, one and a half cycles okay. at this point. And 
it is the it is a group a 15 member group that essentially is the advocation arm for the division of cultural affairs they can't advocate with legislature so we have one of their tools is to have this council so we are a hundred percent behind legislature's uh, approval of of the grants that we vet and there are many of different uh, uh, there's general program support. There's specific program support. It covers everything. There's cultural facilities for renovation, new builds, things like that, uh, an endowment. And we put forth a wish list that come from grant applications across the state that, that we, we vet uh, for the program support and the specific support. There uh, everything from museums to different disciplines of art to specific artists, things like that. They put together, the Division of Cultural Affairs puts together panels, and our council chairs these panel meetings where they evaluate all of the applications, and then a panel may have five or six people. Uh, they get ranked based on each of these people's review of the the application. The application's just would blow your mind. Uh, the arts and culture that's happening here in Florida is exciting. It's cutting edge. It shifted quite rapidly in COVID. It, y it, you wouldn't have even believed the, the, the things that people want to build and do across the state. Uh, here in, in Central Florida, we have you know a bunch of different organizations that consistently apply for grants and get highly ranked. So that means when the legislature decides we're going to fund, like last year, $26.7 million, uh, it gets filled down by the ranking of these applications and grants. So last year, the funding went to uh, $23 million went to general program support. And that could include arts and education. That could include science centers. It could be all these different programs that are happening um, it, it's just, it, it would make you so proud of the people and, and what's going on here. Cultural facilities is a totally different, that's renovation, new builds, things like that. For some, it might be an old museum or, or a, an old performing arts center that needs a new HVAC system, or which, which means that they would, could, could show more things to their, their constituencies. We have not been able to move the legislature on funding cultural facilities for a few years. So the list keeps getting longer of these, these wonderful organizations that really could use the funding. All of these funding usually come with matching grants. So, so they, these organizations have to raise their own money. So in cultural facilities, if it's a, a large request and their revenue is over a million dollars a year, they have to have two to three to one matching grants. So they have the backing of their community and the people around them. It, it's, it's really a well-thought-out process. Uh, it, and to see the, the, what goes into it, it, it's, it makes me sad to think here we are in this hugely populated state and we're falling 48th on the list as far as what gets funded consistently. And then there are states that always have a line item for culture, arts and culture. Florida does not. And that's one thing when I talk to legislators. Why don't we? We are a hugely populated state. One of the really interesting um, statistics that I've seen in my time on the Arts and Culture Council um, is that we actually rank in, in the most watched um, traveling shows that come into the state. 
we we love to see performing arts that are coming through. I thought, wow, isn't that an amazing statistic? Uh, these traveling shows get so heavily supported in Florida, and in Winter Park, it brings jobs. You know, I think the uh, a 2015 study showed that for every you know person that comes to take a look at a museum, they spend thirty five to forty dollars a person yeah. here in in Winter Park. I mean, it's hugely important to our, our retail, to our businesses, to the artists. Uh, the other thing that we do is we vet the Poet Laureate and the Hall of Fame. So we get to meet and read about some incredible poets and artists, and it, it just has been such a pleasure. Can I ask you, how do, do, does your council sort of have final say on, on the funding, or do you make a recommendation to the governor, to the legislature, to, to whom? We send a rank list to our Secretary of State, yeah. and, and from there it goes before the legislature. And then we will be in Tallahassee on the 27th of January as a group advocating meeting with the various people. I believe the chamber's there a week ahead of us. Um, and it just, it, again, we, we got to keep meeting and talking and putting forth why arts and culture is so important for Florida, but also particularly, I, I represent Orange County, and of course my love, my first love here in Winter Park. Love it. So Anne-Marie, talk a little bit from, from your seat. Uh, wh you know, what are you going to do? Uh, how are you going to do it? And, and how can the community, you know, in addition to the chamber, be helpful uh, as we try to advocate for, for these funds for our community? Absolutely. Well, first of all, as Carol said, the chamber is heading up there in January. We'll be there a week before the um, the Florida Cultural Alliance will have their advocacy day. We'll be there on the 18th, and we'll be meeting with not only our local legislators, but the leaders of the appropriations committees and the subcommittees that are dealing with this, because those are the guys who get the proposals in front of them and look at the line items in the budget, and we want to make sure that they do understand this, um, how important it is to our community, to our business members, but to the community at large. We have said, I think year after year, we sort of go up there and say, you know, art is good business. And it it's, you know, something that as a parent, I take my kids to the library, take them to the parks, take them to the different um, museums in town, and, and frankly, they love it. And to be able to have that at our disposal is, is a privilege. Um, and But I think that sometimes when you get up to the legislature and they've got, you know, 20 different department budgets that they're looking at, not that many, but uh, they don't realize that they're responsible for that funding, and they don't realize the economic impact of $1 that they can contribute towards this budget is going to have real dollar impacts for their communities back home. So what we're doing is just going up there to say, hey, you know, you've got this great resource in your community, as do we, and, um, and you know, if, if you can make this a priority, and, and more often than not, this is something, this is a topic that does not know party lines, right. thankfully, right? I mean, and that's a, that's a rarity in these no days. Doubt, yeah. It is not a politically toxic issue. <laughs> this is one that once there's awareness, there's a lot of support across the board for it. So we're really excited to be able to have the opportunity to get some of our business leaders to get up there every year to talk about the, the value to their business and to our community and – and really just to say, hey, this, this is something you can move, you know, move the uh, 
goal line, go post. Yeah. I shouldn't make sports no, references. No, no, <laughs> especially for an arts discussion, but that's okay. We, we, but yeah, so this is something it. you can be effective <laughs> on. And, and we know you can work, you know, in, in this day and age, there are folks who are looking to work across the aisle yeah. and to figure out what can we do that's meaningful to our constituents. Everybody wants to be able to have a victory back home, and this is such a no-brainer. Betsy, how can, how can Winter Park residents help? In other words, not everybody's going on the bus and doing the day trip with you, but what, what else can they do? Where, where can they turn? I'm sure you'll come back with ideas, but wh wh what's the, s the source of information that, that you can share to help um, Winter Park residents support your efforts? Yes, yeah, so we have a newsletter that comes out every week called Winter Park Weekly, and we'll be tracking all this through Winter Park Weekly. Last year, uh, my presentation to the legislative delegation was in that newsletter so people can get informed about it. Uh, we need them to support our local arts organizations. We have over 16 of them, ranging, like I said, from the Palaszczuk Museum to the Bach Festival to um, the Cornell Fine Art Museum here at Rollins College. And we need them to write letters of support to their to our legislative delegation here in Winter Park. We're represented, represented by Linda Stewart as our senator. We are represented by Anas Gamani, uh, and Carlos Guillermo Smith, and it it really helps them to have a sheaf of letters um, to present to their peers. We'll be going up to sort of grandstand and make sure that people know that the business community is uh, interested in this. You know, it's a great day in Tallahassee when they can say we're going to get a three to one return on something. Well, this is a nine to one return. So speaking back to what Anne Marie was saying, this is at the top of the list of no-brainers um, for legislative allocation. So we uh, we really want people to be aware of our arts organizations. We want to present them. We're doing a, a project right now we've spoken a little bit about on other podcasts, which is the Winter Park Prosperity Scorecard. And we're talking about what makes Winter Park an attractive place for company headquarters to relocate. The interesting thing in our early data collection on that is um, quality of life is one of the biggest drivers that people think matters in a, a company's decision to relocate here. We know that our arts offerings significantly galvanize that quality of life value proposition. And so I think supporting our arts organizations by attending their performances, writing your legislators saying this matters to us, filling out, you know, that the kind of the chambers leading this, but come behind us and let let our legislative no delegation know that this is something that matters to all of us. And really anchoring back, I know for the mayor, the priority is anchoring back to that 2016 visioning study where this we know is a priority for the citizenry of Winter Park. And we want to stay anchored in what our citizens' priorities are. I suspect the mayor would, would, would have shared this, um, you know, if you're able to be here. But I'm just going to list what was on the city's website, and it's an, it's an arts and culture group that the city has convened uh, periodically and um, uh, is, a, is, a, is a good group. Um, it's the Alban Pelastic Museum and Sculpture Gardens, um, the Bach Festival Society of Winter Park, Blue Bamboo Center for the Arts, Casa Feliz Historic uh, Museum, Charles Hosmer Morse Museum of American Art, uh, Cornell Fine Arts Museum, and Alphon Inn, which is now, of course, the Rollins Museum of Art. And, and part of that collection does uh, get shared at the Alphand Inn. Uh, the Crealde and Hannibal Square Heritage Center, Mead Botanical Gardens, the Annie Russell Theater here at Rollins. Uh, of course, Rollins Music, which is our, our Department of Music. Um, the Chamber of Commerce um, and Welcome Center. Uh, the Winter Park History Museum, Winter Park Playhouse, Winter Park Public Library, Winter Park Sidewalk Art Festival. So 
Um, and did I, we say Mead Botanical Gardens? We did. Yes, good. Okay, good. So great, um, great assets and, and a great group that does a, a nice job here locally to try to do a lot of that uh, community support, community awareness, community engagement. And again, let's remind everyone, this is a 29,000-person community. Right. This is not a, you know, mid-size urban center. This is a small community that's punching way above its weight with respect to its cultural offerings. And we need to keep that special. Uh, and I think this is one of the ways that we advocate for that. Carol, can you, wh what else can you share? I mean, I, I know you have some great data and, uh, you know, I don't know if it's the next agenda is already out, but I mean, like what's on the horizon for your, uh, for your group? It's really to go and uh, go before the legislature, and we're specifically asking this year for $66.25 million in funding. This would support all of the grants that we have ranked and have um, – there, there, there is a cutoff on the ranking, so there are some applications that don't make the cutoff just for missing information and uh, the Division of Cultural Affairs does an amazing job of supporting these organizations as they walk through grant processes. Another thing that we're really looking to do is educate the public that these grant applications exist. It, 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 the recent strategic plan that has been done uh, showed that a lot of people didn't know that they could be applying for grants and there are many organizations uh, many of which uh, we, we have the same group that tends to apply year in and year out. There, there are, I'm sure, quite many more here to get the word out that if you have something that you would like some support on, uh, there's at the website, there's the ability to uh, and different categories to apply. Um, I, I also wanted to say something that you were saying. This also not only goes across party lines, but covers all, all ages. I mean, what, one of the statistics that really surprised me is that um, uh, the number one tourism driver is arts and culture among millennials, Gen X, and boomers. I think that's a really interesting statement of, of who's coming along. And then, of course, if, if we're the driving that, we're bringing our kids and our grandchildren, for some of us boomers, that's starting to happen. Um, so it's it's really important. In in Winter Park, it, it brings 1.8 million dollars to our to our local government in revenue. I mean that's a pretty significant number. Now that was from a 2015 study. I imagine it could have gone up since then. Uh, there there are jobs that are created as a result of the funding and these organizations thriving here in Winter Park. I think uh, it, uh, the prosperity. Um, data shows that there are um, about 1,650 full-time jobs. Again, that's from 2015, so that number has probably only gone up. Um, so part of what I'm going to be doing this next year is, is advocating, is really uh, hitting the streets, writing letters. I think uh, one of the big things people can do is not only write letters to the legislatures, but, you know, it's year-end. Yeah. If you have a little charitable donation, support one of our arts and culture uh, 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 entities here in Winter Park. It makes a difference. It will make a difference in their numbers if they apply for a grant next year. So yeah, those are the point. kind of things I can put forth. So, Anne-Marie, strategically, how, how do you lead good government um, um, what, you know, for arts and culture while also doing it for sort of, quote, everything else? I mean, how, how does that happen effectively in, in, in your visioning? Well, I think the first thing 
we have to do is be a credible resource of information for them, reliable, trustworthy, that when you call them up, whether you're just cold calling and getting to, uh, getting to know somebody for the first time, you just have to establish yourself. And I think the chamber has done a wonderful job of doing that over the years. I'm lucky to walk in those big shoes to fill. Um, but to establish yourself as an entity and as a person um, and, and really, you know, work to educate them and to fill the need for them, whether it's data from your uh, local community, whether it is understanding that the pressures they're under and, you know, just helping them to figure out how to work on this issue, even if they can't vote for an amendment on the floor, that may not be how it gets done at the end of the day. There are relationships to be had. Um, again, across a lot of people are looking for ways to work with their colleagues that they tend to get along with but don't necessarily agree with on every issue. And this is something that uh, opens those doors, builds those bridges. And I think everybody, most people I talk to are looking for an issue like this where they can um, establish a rapport that lets them look effective to their constituents. Right. Um, so we're helping them do that, frankly. And a lot of times, y again, you just get to know people and find out uh, the issues that matter to them and see if there's a way that you can, um, you know, bring resources to their disposal that they may have not have thought about. So that's really what we're trying to do is just educate, put information out there for our, not only our community of members, but to the legislators. Yeah. And, and we've been really lucky. I mean, Anna Escamani and uh, Carlos Guillermo-Smith, wow. Yeah. I mean, they, they really did. Uh, do a lot behind the scenes and on not only on the floor, but just working those relationships again across the aisles to get this funding done. That was great. Yeah, they're champions. Yeah. Betsy, how about for the chamber? Um, you know, are all of the entities that we listed chamber members? And, and do you advocate sort of holistically or do you do it more on a target and member basis? Well, I wish they were all members, but they're not. <laughs> um, so if you're listening, we have a way of helping you with that. But you know, for us, the rising tide lifts all boats. And so we're really focused on the arts and culture community as a whole. Um, we are able to make editorial decisions and literature that we publish where we feature certain entities over others. And obviously our bias is going to be toward members when we do that. Um, but, you know, people ask us a lot, what does the chamber do for nonprofits? And this is one of my top answers is that, you know, we actually went in and occupied a space that um, – you know, that, that wasn't filled. And we've been told by a number of people in Tallahassee, we never heard of a chamber taking a position like this. Mm. And, and in our eyes, that means we've acquired the target, right? The chamber should be deeply relevant. The chamber should be focused on things that are context-specific for the community. And so when we're doing things that haven't been done before, that means that we're creating value, I think, for uh, a long value chain of stakeholders, which is really what we're here to do. That's fantastic. Anything else? Anybody want to share any last comments about, you know, specifically this arts and culture piece and, and the, the work that, uh, that, that you're doing both chamber-wise, but also I know you do it in collaboration with the city, and, and unfortunately Phil can't be here, but um, we, we know it is a team effort. Well, one of the team members I think we'd be remiss in identifying is Rollins College. And, you know, we're grateful because not only is Rollins College sponsoring our trip to Tallahassee, but Rollins is – 
really taken the lead in the arts community. If you haven't been to the Alphon Inn to see a truly world-class collection of art there, you're missing out. If you haven't seen uh, the new sculpture done by British sculptor Paul Day celebrating the life's work of Fred Rogers, it's just to the left of the um, chapel on Rollins campus. And there are a number of key inspirational moments throughout the year uh, in terms of live performances. But we know that Rollins is enhancing its commitment to the cultural community in Winter Park with the Innovation Triangle that is um, is being scheduled for construction. And, and we know that Rollins is planting a firmer and more present flag in our uh, central business district to make it even more appealing for visitors and guests. And so we're grateful for that. And I think it, it, it would be remiss of us to not identify Rollins as one of those key partners. Well, thank you. We appreciate that very much. Uh, we have our own sort of internal Rollins Arts group and uh, the, the sort of the uh, department and um, event organizers meet periodically just to talk about how we can do things better and how we can do things collaboratively. And so um, we, it's, a, it's an important piece for the college, you know, as much from a brand perspective, but also for student recruitment. I mean, obviously, these are incredible opportunities for students to engage at pretty close to the highest levels. So uh, we're, we're super proud of our students and, our, and we have an amazing faculty and, and and, and department heads and leads who uh, who help teach our, our students and offer those gifts to uh, to the community. So thanks, Carol. Anything else? I know you've got always such a full plate, but uh, I can't thank you enough for being here and serving uh, just another place as you give back so much of your time and talent. Well, I appreciate that. It's there's great synergy with the things that I've chosen to participate in with the board of trustees here at Rollins, with the chamber, and with the Florida Council on Arts and Culture. It really kind of overlaps very nicely to uh it's an exciting they're they're all exciting organizations and i'm uh, truly honored to be a part of all of them and and all i can say is get out and go see uh, a play listen to music in the park go see some of our top-notch you know first class museum and artwork if you haven't seen paul day sculpture and, and if you're my age, you grew up with Fred Rogers, the puppets, all the details. It just it, it warms my heart that, that that such a thing has come, uh, such a sculpture, a beautiful sculpture that appeals to so many people, including the younger generation, I understand, on YouTube and stuff. I think it will also draw people here to Winter Park who will no doubt come see the sculpture and go have something to eat on Park Avenue. It works that way. It's that simple. Right. Great point. Anne-Marie, anything? We're just, again, welcome and excited to have you leading this important uh, work for the community. Thank you. I'm, I'm very excited to be here. I, I should thank um, and, and give a nod to the Florida Cultural Alliance. Jennifer Jones has been is the president there, and they are a wonderful advocacy group that is very active in this space. They have their advocacy day and legislative day the week after ours up in Tallahassee. Uh, there w- I'm going to put their website out there, flca.net, I believe. It's There are tremendous resources there for the cultural community, for citizens who want to see what cultural assets they have in their community. You can sort it by your county. It is a fon- phenomenal resource, a very well-run program. They've been very generous with us and, and collaborating, and it's such an important issue. We're, we're thrilled to be a part of it. Awesome. Well, We'll have both of you back on again at some point and uh, eager to, con- to continue to track the progress um, of the city and the chamber's efforts here, and, and Rollins is proud to, to play a part in it. Um, the mayor couldn't be here. He did want to talk about this, and I'm just going to mention it, but, and we'll tee it up maybe for another time. But um, 
the city, you know, has the, a new department, a natural resources and sustainability department. And so sort of as we talked about arts and culture and, and resources, uh, he, he was eager to share a little bit about that. But it's a, it's a new department that was founded just in October of this year and deals with sustainability and urban forestry and lakes management and other regulations that impact all of us as, as residents. So we'll just sort of leave that uh, in the parking lot and we'll talk about it another time when our mayor is here. Betsy, thanks so much for being here as always, for leading our community and for being such a great partner and uh, friend and supporter of, of the college and, and Winter Park and, and the region. Anything you uh, wanna share as we close? If you haven't gotten to our magnificent library and event center, get thyself there. Uh, Sir David Ajay, the world-renowned architect, his vision realized there is magnificent and certainly it's going to put us on a lot of maps now. So I want to say a special shout-out to Brenda Moody and the team at the city for driving that very complicated and complex process for a number of years. It is a job well done and a really magnificent tribute to the sophistication of our community. Yep, great. Well said. We mentioned uh, Representative Escamani a couple times, um, and I'll just put in a, a, a plug for uh, Rollins Around Town. Our next show will be January 5th, and uh, uh, Representative Escamani will be the guest on that show. So uh, mark your calendars now. So thank you, everybody, for joining us today uh, for Talk of the Town on behalf of Mayor Anderson, who unfortunately couldn't be with us today, and Betsy Gardner-Eckbert. We're glad you tuned in. Uh, we hope you'll continue to tune in uh, monthly and, uh, and mark down January 19th for our next broadcast. So happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and here's wishing everybody a happy, healthy, and prosperous 22. Have a great day in Winter Park.